All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, March 8th of 2023 here. Uh, it is the day before the players. It is uh, middle of the week, and uh, looks like we have a seven-game NBA slate as well as a three-game hockey slate. So it should be a fun day. It should be plenty to talk about. If you guys want to talk about NBA, hockey, golf, uh, plenty of DFS action coming at you over the weekend as well. So for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at Saber Sam. It's a show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in live in the YouTube chat or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in the Discord, there's a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it. As always, we do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. And if you are just tuning in, not joined up with Saber Sim, want to check us out, there is also a link to a no-strings-attached seven-day free trial. Check us out, get joined up, and get your questions answered on this show. But that being said, Going to get Saber Sim pulled up here, and uh, we are just going to get rocking and rolling. So looks like our first question came in today from Teddy G. It looks like there was a little bit of discussion about this question, but I'm happy to uh, look at it, uh, you know, maybe read Shady's answer here, give some of my own thoughts. Teddy said, Andrew, I'm a bit confused as to how I should be using data to its fullest abilities with PGA, should I be sorting via contest size? I think I might be overthinking this a bit, to be honest. I guess if sorting through contest size, one can adjust unique to their preference, as well as min-max, xing out players if that's what one does, and then there is no need for the normalized value metric. And Shay jumped here. I think this is a thoughtful response. Um, looks like Teddy got a lot out of this, so I'm going to read Shady's response, and then I'm going to uh, give some of my own thoughts here. So Shady said, uh, I'd say that for now, if you don't have an idea of how you want to try out a new feature on beta, PGA, don't use the beta. They're slowly beta testing the new ownership sliders and down device. So yeah, so I mean, I, I, I definitely want to kind of reiterate this. Uh, we are testing out new things and we are starting slow, right? That's kind of why it's in a beta version. Um, to, you know, for, for everyone out there, like our Saber score 2.0 is primarily focused around NBA right now. And we are planning on um, creating different Saber score metrics for different sports going forward. So we're going to have a Saber score for NBA and then we're going to have a Saber score for MLB when that starts up pretty soon. You know, eventually we're going to get to all the sports that we offer Sims for. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of discussion in the pro channel if you're, you know, on uh, on the pro plan and interested in some of these features, some of these beta features, uh, dive in the pro channel, ask questions, uh, see what other users are saying. I think like this is a great example of, uh, you know, we, we really haven't uh, rolled out a full Saber score 2.0 for golf specifically here. Uh, the early testing has been based around NBA. So what a lot of people are doing, which which one thing that we've done is we've made all of the new Saber scores. You can actually uh, view the formula that we're using. And then so users can see the formula that we're using and then modify it for different sports for, uh, I think, particularly like golf is hard. Tennis is hard. Um, these sports where like 
slate size is not included in like the contest information. So up here at the top for this NBA slate, you see that this is seven game slate. So we are able to like um, capture that and, and work it into the metric, like uh, easier, I guess is like the right word. And then we had a conversation last week about uh, tennis where we were talking about um, based on slate size, adjusting sliders. That's because if you come over to tennis up at the top, it just says like late game slate. It's not saying exactly how many matches there are on the slate. Um, I don't I don't know exactly all of like the back end that goes into that or how easy that would be able to incorporate. But like for instance, like for tennis, you know, you could have a you could have a four game slate or you could have like a 30 match slate, right? So it just really depends. So I think like that is what is hard with golf. You don't know exactly how many uh golfers there are in the field, and the field is changing week to week, right? So like you might have one golf slate where it's like 40 golfers, and then you might have another classic golf slate where it's like 160 golfers. And that information is not uh, kind of readily available to be altered in some of the saver score information. Uh, so that is what we are like working on. Those are the problems that we are trying to find solutions to. So, uh, you know, personally, I think that I, I'm playing golf this week. I'm probably going to be building on the regular app, on the production app. I think that if you wanted to use uh, – the beta version of Saber Sim with the, you know, ownership fade less sliders, I would uh, probably be building a custom metric or else another thing I think it, you could do is, um, you know, go over to the regular app and then maybe turn your ownership fade off and, and just use uh, the regular Saber score is, is another option there. But yeah, a, a lot of these features, you know, um, unfortunately they're not ready to rock and roll for, for, every sport, every sim that we have, it is going to be like a slow rollout process trying to dial everything in. I know a lot of users have had a lot of good things to say about Saber Score 2.0 to this point. So I, I don't see us rushing anything up to this point. That's like kind of not who we are. Uh, we took a long time to roll out like the NBA prop plan this season and it's been really profitable. And so we're just going to do our due diligence, roll it out when it's ready. I don't think there's anything wrong with using just the 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 normal Saber Score for for PGA, I think it is more than capable of giving you uh, strong, strongly graded lineups that can take down GPPs. But really good question, Teddy. All right, next question here from Phantom. And Phantom said, "Hi Andrew, was wondering if you might cover how one might apply the DFS profit plan if playing on Fanduel for NBA, and what a good approach may be." Okay, great question here. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty familiar with the FanDuel lobby. You know, I would be, uh, hitting all of those good 20 and 100, 150 max GPPs under $3. The top three ones are going to be the five cent, uh, 150 max, the 25 cent 20 max and the two 22 20 max or 25 max, depending on the day. It's either one or the other, uh, usually like on, depending on slate size, I don't know how they determine if it's 25 or 20 max, but. I would always be playing those three contests. And then from there for like some of my diversifier type entries, I would be playing the $1. They have a $2 single, they have a $1 single entry. They have a $1 three max. They have a $2 single entry. They have a $5 single entry. And then they have a $10 single entry. So, um, you know, not, not sure the specific math on that right there. Uh, my, my assumption is like, that's in like the 50 to $60 range for the, um, diversifiers and then that is in like the $20 range for your elevators and then from there you can like make a decision right do you want to try and play something like 
the $25 single entry and then have like your one uh, higher ticket single entry for the night where you're playing about like 50% diversifiers and 50% elevators? Or do you want to uh, put some entries, not all entries into something like the $4, uh, 150 max, maybe where you're putting in like, um, I don't know, like 10 entries or something like that. So it really comes down to like how much you're wagering a night. I just want to remind you guys, like it is totally okay to not max enter a contest after you've max entered all the other good contests or, you know, just, uh, uh, to, to take a step back instead of going like the $4, 20, uh, the some entries into like the $4, 150 max, maybe you start playing satellites, right? There are a ton of good satellites under $3. They had, they run 10 cent. They run 25 cent. They run, I think they run 50 cent. They run $1. They run $2. Like they run a bunch of satellites. You could easily fill up, uh, some of your remaining uh, bankroll for the night, if it's not that much in some satellites. So I think, I think it's okay to, uh, you know, work in some satellites there. I think it's okay to, uh, you know, going back to my last point, uh, it is okay to enter less than the max for a contest. I, I do it all the time. I've had a lot of conversations with the team about it um, behind the scenes and um, a lot of discussion in the discord as well. And basically what in, in theory, what you should be doing, right, is in, in any contest you enter, you're going to enter your highest expected EV lineup first. And then every lineup after that is, in theory, lower EV. Might not be much, but it is lower EV. And then only one of your only one of your lineups can win first place, right? So, like, uh, the, the second lineup cannot win as much as your first lineup, right? So, uh, it, there, entering another lineup does not, like, uh, mean you are, or entering less than the max is not like a bad thing. Uh, you do have less lineups than all the other players. All having more lineups is going to do is help you realize the times that you win faster. So like the more equity you take up in a contest, the faster you could realize that equity. That's why a lot of pros are maxing out, you know, everything they can, because they're trying to uh, increase the, the, the times that they win to be quicker. So like, that is the one thing that you are losing. Uh, it might take you a little longer to realize some of those wins, but just in general, it is okay to enter less than the max. So I think like once you hit your bankroll cap for all of the lower dollar stuff that you want to play, it's okay to experiment with uh, some entries in some of the higher dollar stuff uh, as, as those contests are like the only contests available to you at that point. So good question there, Phantom. And I see some questions rolling in in the YouTube chat. We will get to all the questions before the end of the show here. But uh, last question in the Discord here. And this one came in from Mr. Martin. Mr. Martin said, Hi, Andrew. I like to filter my lineups by Sabre score. Now I know how to complete this sort on the original Sabre sim, but the Sabre score filter seems to be missing from the 2.0 version category list. Was this a mistake? It will be added back to the 2.0 version. This was a very important part of my process. Thank you ahead of time. Okay, I'm actually on the beta version right now, and I believe I know exactly what you're talking about. So let me uh, run some lineups here. So so it sounds like, you know, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what a lot of times people do is like, hey, show me Sabre scores from like 90 to 97 or, or you know, in like a range. So usually you can do that with the filters here. So... So just like a teaser here, uh, these are some of the uh, 
Saber Score 2.0 versions that we are testing here. There's a single game that was just added. There are small slate with different contest sizes. There are large slate with different contest sizes. Uh, the small slates are two to five games, and the large slates are like anything above six games. And there's even a late swap version for NBA where um, because ownership is not updated after lock, uh, the formula does get adjusted. And then, you know, you could, you could come in here and then you could, whatever metric you're using, you can uh, hover over it to see what the formula uh, actually looks like. You could, you know, recreate it with another custom metric, uh, tweak it, whatever you want. But these are some of the changes that we are experimenting with. So getting back to the question, uh, filters here, right? So like show lineups with, okay. So, so Mr. Martin, uh, this is what it looks like for me. Uh, it sounds like this is what you're talking about. Because you talked about uh, saber score filters, uh, I, I I have them all here. So like, what I would do is like, you know, whatever filtering method you're using, like large slate ten to fifty k, I would come in and then you know I would say show lineups with large slate ten to fifty k, um, greater than we'll say ninety, and large slate ten to fifty k less than. 95. This is just an example that I'm doing here. And then boom, 298 lineups move to the trash, 217 lineups in the pool. All of our lineups here are going to be in this 90 to 97 range that we set. So, so it, I, I know that the team is like, um, you know, we're not doing any release notes for some of this beta stuff. Uh, we're just kind of fixing things as we go. Like there was a question yesterday, like uh, the app was defaulting to single game instead of whatever uh, the, the correct one should be. And that was fixed. So maybe this was fixed and it just might not have seen it yet. Uh, Matt and the team are, are working really hard on this all the time. So, um, and, and uh, so, so, so I hope, I hope this answers your question. If not, just ping me again in the office hours channel, and then I can figure out what you are uh, uh, specifically talking about. And we'll get to the bottom of it. Aaron said, wait a minute, is this a new feature? Yeah. So I'm actually using the beta version of Sabersim right now. This is one of the new features that we are testing out. If, if anybody's interested in learning more about these new features, I highly recommend checking out our latest behind the Sims video. Andy, Matt, and Jordan jumped on a call and walked through, you know, what the new changes are, why we're doing them, uh, what we what we hope for them to do for users. And it's this behind the Sims episode 23, Saber Score 2.0 and adjusted ownership. So what you are seeing is uh, some of these Saber Score 2.0 uh, new lineup sorting metrics that I, I have up I have up for today. So pretty cool, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, you know, once this is ready to go, this is all going to get pushed to the live app for all users. Just to make it clear, uh, it's not going to be like gated for just pro or anything like that. The great part about being on pro is that you get early access. You get to test it out as we uh, continue to fine tune it, make adjustments, test it out, give us feedback. And, uh, but this will go live for everybody once it is ready. All right. Jumping over to the YouTube chat. Kyle said, what is the best way to build high risk lineups for NBA 150 max? I have been doing okay. Just looking for ways to maximize potential tournament winning upside. I have watched numerous YouTube videos about adjustments that can be made to settings. Just curious about your favorite way to be a bit more aggressive in your NBA mass multi-entry builds. Okay, really good question, Kyle. So for me particularly, um, 
I'm gonna probably do something that like if 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 I wanted to go this style, uh, I'm gonna do something that I'd like normally don't recommend. But usually I tell users to you know uh, spend most of their time in the post build, add value there, do risk management. I'm basically gonna not do any risk management, and I'm gonna do as little in the post build as possible because I want SaberSim is gonna give you the highest EV lineups by default here. Uh, and then, you know, but, but it is not thinking about risk management and bankroll allocation and all those things. Like that is where, you know, you as the user come in and kind of have to get the, uh, get, get SaberSim to kind of like, okay, you know, let's dial the risk back a little bit here. Let's not be so exposed to some players, but, but it sounds like you don't want to take that approach. So I think that's fine. So what I would do is I would give SaberSim any inputs that I, uh, that I want that are important to me in the home screen. So like I do my research, let's say I just like, I really think Luca is a great play today and I know I'm going to want him in my lineups. Like I'm going to increase his projection and then I'm probably going to do something uh, just like a, like something that I do that I think works fine is, excuse me. I use some, some number in between their 50th and 75th percentile for a projection adjustment. So his 50th percentile is 57 his 75th is 65, you know, doesn't have to be an exact science here. Uh, I'm going to use something like 61. And then I'm just going to tell the builder, like, you know what? I think Luca is going to be closer to that 75th percentile than he is going to be to his like 50th percentile, which is very close to his uh, mean score here. And then I'm going to do that for as, for as many players as I want, right? Maybe I want to do that for Jokic too. I think Jokic is going to be closer uh uh, a little score a little better here. So this looks like about eight points as well. So I'm going to, I'm going to move Jokic to like 58 here. And then these are like my big, like stands, right? So what I'm doing is I'm telling the builder, I think these guys are going to do good. I want to see more of them in my lineups right out of the gate. I do not want to have to go into my pool to find them. I am telling you that, you know, give me some of these players in my lineups. And then what I'm going to do in this screen is that I'm going to make sure my SIM diversity is on nine. Uh, the, the higher this sim diversity is, you know, we're going to take smaller buckets of sims to build your lineups. So you're going to find higher upside plays by doing this because a player only has to score higher in a smaller number of sims to find their way into your lineup. As this number goes down, uh, we're moving closer and closer to the average because we are taking more and more sims. So it's going to get closer and closer to a player's mean average, but, um, so, so what happens is like as sim diversity goes down, the number of players in your player pool will also go down and uh, you'll probably get more exposure to like some of like the best plays on the slate, quote unquote, based on fantasy points per minute, based on overall projection. But I'm looking for high upside. You know, this will also help me get diverse and not have to do anything in the post build. So I'm going to increase my sim diversity to nine here. I'm going to leave correlation where it is. I think correlation is totally fine. I'm going to make those adjustments in the home screen that I talked about, and then I'm going to run my build. And then once this build is ran, I'm just going to like demonstrate, you know, how risky, how much more risky like a min uniques of one is than other min uniques. But essentially when I get to this screen, I'm okay with all of these really high leverage plays, the Josh Giddies, the, the Lucas, the Aaron Wiggins. Uh, looks like we have huge OKC chalk today. I know shy, you just Alexander is uh, supposed to be sitting today. So probably where that's coming from. I haven't really looked. We'll get to that when we get to the 
injury report and take a look at that. But basically here, right, um, you know, I have the, my top 20 lineups in my pool based on my sorting metric, and I'm probably just going to play these, right? So if if there's a play that you're not getting to, I would go back to the home screen and I would adjust it there and I would run another build because as you go into the pool, um, you know, our approximated EV of these lineups uh, goes down slightly. So I basically want to play the highest pool lineup, the highest graded lineups in my pool. And then I do not want to apply any mini uniques. So, you know, we talk about mini uniques a lot here. As you increase this, you are basically sacrificing diversification for expected value, but we do not want to go that approach. So I think adjustments in the home screen are going to be your best friend. Run builds, take the top lineups and use those to enter your contests. But that's how I would do that, Kyle. So let me know if you have any follow-up. All right. Uh, next question from the health nuts and actually it is uncrabby cabby. What is going on? Been a little bit. Uh, Hey Andrew, what's up? Been MIA for a bit. No doubt. I'm sure this has been asked before for late swap in 2.0 best to leave 2.0 at late swap or change to slate size. Uh, yeah. So if you are, you know, on the pro plan and you are running a late swap for NBA, we are going to default to this late swap metric here. Um, the only time I would switch back is when there has not been like slate breaking news that could change ownership. So basically the reason we added this late swap one is because this weights ownership less because um, if somebody gets ruled out after lock and ownerships change and values change, you know, we're not going to capture that in SaberSim. So we have this specific grading metric to account for that. If you are just, if you are running a late swap, maybe for like a minor change, but you know, you're trying to squeeze out every edge in projections that you can get. I think that's a fine approach, by the way. Um, or, you know, maybe you're just somebody like, you know, I always late swap at every start time and it's just like a habit and a routine that's good for you. Totally get that as well. Um, I would just say like, if there is some news that could change ownership, use late swap. If there is not news that could drastically change ownership, I think it's okay to switch back to whatever sorting metric that you were previously using, such as large slate 10 to 50 K, but um, kind of like a situation basis, you're going to have to use some intuition. You're going to have to keep up with the NBA lineup alerts in the discord or, you know, underdog tweets on Twitter or however you do that. Um, something that, that I've done in the past is like uh, after lock, I'll go on Twitter and I'll, I follow underdog NBA I will turn on tweet notifications basically until the last game locks because if you turn on notifications for the NBA lineup alerts channel, you're going to get lineups. You're going to get alerts every time a sim runs. And that's kind of annoying. I mostly just want to see the news and then determine for myself whether or not I have to swap, but I'm not somebody who swaps every time just because of like life stuff and uh, uh, got to go pick up my two-year-old. And uh, so, so I'm like somebody who kind of judges it. It's like, is that starting lineup what I expected? I'm like pretty hand in the dirt with, with NBA. So I, I know what like the lineups are supposed to look like. So I'm kind of able to judge that, but definitely player by player basis. I think both options are okay there. Uh, Ruck has a good question. Where can we find, a, where can we buy a Saberson hoodie? My only question of the day. So, so Ruck, so they are not available for sale. They are part of an exclusive club and I will show that to you. So if you're not aware get this up on the screen here 
So we have something what we call uh, the SaberSim Winner Circle on SaberSim.com up here at the top. You can click on this Winner Circle tab. And what this is, it's, it's a page where we, um, you know, show users winning um, winning big GPPs. And there are different uh, price tiers for winning the GPPs if you follow these rules. So there's a link to the rules down at the bottom of the page. Uh, you have to finish top five in a contest for at least $1,000. The prize must be at least 10 times your entry fee. Tournament must have 100 entrants, and you must use one of our approved SaberSim logos. Then post it on Twitter and tag us at SaberSim, and we will get you taken care of. So uh, this is a list of all the users that are in the uh, 1K range. And then at the 1K tier, you win one free month of SaberSim, a swag box, and a T-shirt. If you want to get to the exclusive hoodie and hat, you have to take down the GPP at the 10K uh price tier so up here at the 10k price tier you get three free months you get a swag box you get a t-shirt a hoodie and a hat there so that is where the hoodie and the hat come in and then you know scrolling up here if you get to this 100k tier oh we actually we also have a max challenge uh page as well there's all for all the max challenge users who participate in our uh nfl weekly max challenge they got a free year of saber sim custom championship belt, which was awesome. And, you know, they get the bragging rights. They get the special spot up here on the winner's circle. I think the winner's circle is awesome. And, uh, you know, we have a 100K price here. You get a free year of SaberSim. You get all of the lower prizes and a backpack. And then at the infamous $1 million prize, you get free SaberSim for life, an engraved Rolex, and all of the lower prizes. So to date, there are two winners, Giant Squid and Max Steinberg, in this most recent NFL season. Uh, hoping to add some users to these uh, higher tiers and, and get some Rolexes out. I'm sure Andy would love to give some away. But that is where you get the uh, prizes from. We do not have a store where we sell them. All right. A lot of good questions today. And going to get SaberSim pulled back up here. Next question from Alexander Jacob. I still don't understand how late swap works in the NBA on SaberSim. And so if you're looking for information on late swap, we've done a uh, couple of videos on that. I think the best one is probably over on our YouTube channel. And I would like highly recommend checking this one out if you're interested in late swap. But basically, you know, what late swap is, is it is a way to, uh, okay, right here, mastering late swap in NBA DFS. Oops, what happened? Mastering late swap and NBA DFS, why it matters and how to do it right. I would highly check, recommend checking out this video if you are interested in learning more about late swap. It's only a month old. Jordan just released this recently here. Uh, so check out this video. It's only a 16 minute watch. But, you know, basically, it, you know, the too long didn't read of it is that um, at lock, not all of your players are locked into a lineup, only the players whose games start lock. And NBA teams tend to not release starting lineups until, you know, anywhere from one minute to 30 minutes before their individual game starts. And they will also rule out players who were expected to play within that same time frame. So, you know, you could have one game at 7 p.m. Eastern and then one game at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, 7 p.m. game starts, you know the lineups. The 8 p.m. 8 p.m. game, uh, lineups are not out yet. Maybe Jimmy Butler gets ruled out 10 minutes to lock. So that means somebody else has to start. Somebody else has to get additional minutes. And that player is probably low priced for the amount of usage that they're going to get. So that is an opportunity for you to change your lineup 
and take advantage of that news and potentially play more of that player than the field is playing because everyone expected Jimmy Butler to start. So would recommend starting here at this video and going from there, but this is an awesome resource. All right. Good question there. And going to move on to our next question here. Next question is from William Larson. William said, would you say once you do use late swap, just keep using it the rest of the night, correct? That's what I would do. So I think that that is a fine approach. I think that, you know, um, if you are somebody who's like, you know, not super familiar with the NBA and all the teams and all the players, uh, what I would do is I would set like a alarm on my phone and, you know, I'm over here on the West Coast. So my first game's at four. Uh, I would set an alarm, you know, 10 minutes before every start time. So, you know, there's a game at 4.30, alarm at 4.20. There's a game at 6, alarm at 5.50. There's a game at 7, alarm at 6.50. That way you get the alarm, you can, uh, you know, check on your phone. You know, our mobile app works really good if you're out and about to uh, do late swaps and enter them. I use it all the time. So you can do it on your phone. If you're home, you can use use your PC, your laptop, whatever it is, and uh, just run a late swap. So I think that, you know, if you make it a habit of always late swapping, you will never miss news. If you are somebody who says, you know, I'm only going to late swap when there is significant news, you open yourself up to potentially missing. I've like definitely done that. Didn't get home in time. Uh, uh, you know, thought I was going to make it home by like 5.50 and I didn't get home until like 6.01 and like that happens. So I think having those reminders on your phone, those alarms can definitely help you not to miss lock. Um, but I, I, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with late swapping at every start time. All right. Alexander said, wait, is there a beta out? How can I join? So if you are on the Saberson Pro plan uh, and you are in the Discord, in the Pro channel, there is a message pinned at the top with instructions about how to access the beta versions that we are testing out with SaberScore 2.0. All right, Baseball Break Reviews said, I concur using late swap judiciously. It's valuable, but I've seen late swap sometimes produce less favorable outcomes looking over my build history. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, in general, you know, the, we'll get questions like, hey, you know, I had a good lineup before late swap and, um, you know, I late swap off of it. Uh, I, I would say that, you know, the additions that we've, the changes that we've made to late swap have been really good here. So I'm just going to pull in a CSV that, I, I had before the show just in case we needed one here. So I just entered some of the free contests here. And then I'm just going to like demo a late swap here. So I'm just going to toggle my late swap on. I have these, uh, I have one lineup, let's say. I'm just going to rebuild it a hundred times. So we've, we've tried to make late swap as close to pre-lock builds as possible. And the reason for that is because before we were only rebuilding each lineup one time, but now you can adjust mini uniques. You can adjust exposures. You can adjust stack types. You can apply filters. You have a pool to choose from. So by doing this, you know, if your late swap uh, that you're getting right out of the gate is not exactly what you want it to look like, you can come in here and like, you know, okay, maybe um, maybe I have no Nikola Jokic and I have 18% of him in my pool. So let's see if I can go and find a Jokic lineup that I like. And then it goes down to lineup eight. I can look at this one. Uh, you know, and, and you could obviously do this on a bigger scale. I'm only doing it for one lineup, but you know, come in here, adjust exposures, uh, adjust stack types, adjust team stacks, whatever you want to do that can make your set of lineups, make you feel more comfortable with your set of lineups. We've really tried to, uh, loosen the bounds that you can go to with your late swap pools by building you more late swap lineups. 
All right, Patrick says, your thoughts on this? Playing a high-variance sport like Showdown, is it negative EV when you're curating a custom player pool then instead of not making one and just letting the Sims run its course? For example, I X'd out AD in last night's Showdown. Obviously not the right choice, but I couldn't get there uh, just because of salary. I feel like before running the Sim, I'm having a negative effect when I'm Xing players out. Okay, so I would say I don't think it's bad to curate a player pool but i definitely consider my, my definition of curating a player pool is not xing ad out my definition of curating a player pool is more of like trimming players off of you know the lowest minutes the lowest point projections um i think that eliminating ad is a very specific exploitative strategy so i think that you know when you're curating a player pool what you're mostly trying to do is make sure that you get players that are gonna play that you get players that are gonna score that you avoid some of like the lowest projected players and let's just like hop over here uh we'll pull up this toronto clippers showdown for tonight so what i'm gonna do is i'm probably gonna go into utility here because i do not want to see their adjusted point projections i just want to see like their raw point projections and then first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get rid of uh, just like clutter, which would be like players that are not playing. So projected less than zero here. I, I want them grayed out. I might not even want to see them. So I can just hit this show, remove players and, and hide the, hide them. And then I can come down here and see like who are the lowest salary players that um, I might want to trim off the bottom. And for me, really, the only one I would get rid of is, is uh, Thaddeus Young here, like Projected for less than two minutes, uh, less than two projected points. You know, I, I'm probably not ever going to need this player to win here. Uh, probably just too high risk if he does end up in any lineups. So, like, that is a player I might X. But, um, you know, Will Barton projected for 11 minutes, you know, pretty low salary. I'm probably going to leave him and just, you know, make a note to myself to, like, go back and check how much of this player I'm getting. But I think that curating a player pool is really on the bottom side of projections here. Um, I, I would not go in and, you know, X Pascal Siakam from my utility spot and, and never use him. I think that it's okay to use less of him, right? So, like, maybe, you know, I want to take a, a stance like you did with AD where, you know what, I, I don't think Pascal Siakam is going to do that good. I want to... Uh, limit my risk to this individual player. I think that's fine. But let SaberSim tell you how much it thinks you should have of them and then make a decision. So like my, so me, you know, man over here, man plus machine, I say I don't want that much uh, Pascal Siakam. Let me see what SaberSim says. And SaberSim is like about matching ownership. Let's check the pool. But it's a it's a, a little over ownership here, small small leverage, but the pool exposure is about uh, about the same, a little less. So I'm okay matching here. I'm okay even being a little underweight on him. Like what would scare me is if I went into look at my pool, look at my exposures. You know, Pascal Siaka is my top exposed player, my top pool exposed player. I would be a little more hesitant to drawing so much exposure back. But in this sense, you know, I'm, I'm okay coming in here and like 
you know what? Maybe let's only use uh, half of the field and use 25% and, and do something like that. So you have less than him, but you're still not, you know, full fading. And um, this is a way of like going about that. But I think it's important to get some feedback from Saberson before making these strong decisions, especially like the top projected guys. Uh, that is probably how I would go about it. And then I would just check to make sure that because we are lowering him in the utility that the builder is not just jamming him into uh, the captain spot, which is exactly what it did. So then I could come in here and then, you know, dial back my uh, captain exposure as well. Maybe I just want to like match the field on captain, be half under on utility. And then there are going to be plenty of other viable lineups for you here to play. We're still in the top hundred lineups of our pool of 500. So that is how I would go about thinking about that question Patrick. All right. Uh, Franklin said, when I put a few ownerships on a few players pre-lock, then when I late swap, it doesn't run a sim. It only runs when I reset it to default. Is three there a way to run the original ownerships? Okay, so um, Franklin, I'm not like fully following you here. Let me swap back to the main slate here. So when you say ownership, so when I put in a few ownerships for players pre-lock, I'm assuming you mean like a min exposure here. So you're saying like, hey, you know, I want to make sure that I'm getting to, you know, 15% Luka, 15% Jokic, and like 15% Lillard in my late swaps. Uh, if if that's the problem you're having, and if late swap is is not working, I, I would consider that a bug. So if, if, if that is the issue, what I would do is I would use this settings dropdown and I would use this report a problem link and just describe the problem that you're having. When you send in these reports, it gives us a lot of information about your session that helps us to solve the problem or figure out the bug that you're encountering to help us one, to reproduce it. And then two, that helps us fix it 10 times faster, 10 times easier. So when we get this session information helps us a ton. If you're running into like a bug where you think a build is failing for something that uh, should not be failing, I would use this reporter problem and send it to the support team. Alexander Jacobs said, thank you. Happy to help. Uh, baseball Break Review said, that looks great. Looking forward to that update. Thanks, Andrew. Yep, no problem. William Larson said, I am behind, but my late swap comment was meant for the metric in 2.0. Once you change the metric to late swap, keep it there, even if later news is not that drastic. Okay, so what did William say? Uh, he said, would you say once you do, once you use late swap, just keep using it the rest of the night, correct? Oh, okay, yeah. So if we're talking about uh, late swap 2.0, um, so so at, at that point, you know, you, you are using the late swap lineup metric because ownership has changed. Ownership is never going to rerun or never correct itself. So I would continue to use the late swap lineup sorting metric from that point on. But great question there. All right, everybody. That is our last question in both the Discord and the YouTube chat. If anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get them in. I'm going to run through the basketball uh, news dashboard here while we wait for any final questions to come in. Give you guys some ideas about places I, I think that you should be aware of. Uh, look going ahead into the night and, and seeing what, what uh, injury news is pending. So going to get that pulled up here. Uh, now is a great time for any last questions, but not a lot of questionables right off the bat here. Uh, Nurkic is questionable. 
has been out for a while now. So I believe if he does come back, it was a left calf strain, probably going to be on a minutes limit here. Uh, so I'd be like pretty careful with my exposure here. I imagine his minutes would not be that highly projected in the app. And we just come in and check. So Yusuf Nurkic, 23 minutes. That's like probably accurate here. So I would just be a little careful. Um, a lot of times these guys like on, on, on true minutes limits, not like fake minute limits. Uh, we'll talk about the difference here. Uh, they just kind of like lack upside because you know, their minutes are capped. Um, they're, they're just not going to play that much. Right. So, so the only way for them to have upside is like to have this huge fantasy point per minute um, value. Like, you know, they might have like one fantasy point per minute. They're going to need like 1.5 to two. They're just going to need to perform way above expectation. So I'm always really careful with guys with minutes limits in general here. And then talking about like these fake minute limits, right? That is something like when the OKC coach says, uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander is going to have his minutes managed down the stretch, right? And then he goes out and plays like 37 minutes. Uh, what exactly does that mean, right? That is a situation where, uh, you know, you might get like an ownership discount on someone like Shy. So I think that, you know, the term minutes managed is, is very like uh, important as opposed to minutes limit. So like a limit is like an in-game limit, going to play no more than 25 Minutes manage is like, hey, you know, Shy's going to play and then he might just sit more like today, right? So like when he does play, he's full go. And then he just, you know, he might have only missed like three games in the first half of the season. We're going to make sure he gets rest and misses, you know, seven to 10 games in the second half of the season. Like that is minutes managed as well, right? So just be careful with some of that nomenclature. Uh, similar situation happened with Bojan Bogdanovich. With Detroit, they said, is I think they even said a minutes limit. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to limit Bojan's uh, minutes coming off of a calf injury. And then he went on to play like 39 minutes. So, you know, really, really hard to like trust all of these scenarios. I think the one you can trust the most is when a player has been, has had an extended absence and they are coming back on like their first game, first couple games. Uh, I think that's when there's actually a true minutes limit on players. All right, uh, looking at out players now. So any important out players, Robert Williams is still out, but Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Al Horford are all back. So Boston is like, you know, closer to full health capacity there. Um, Simons has been out, nothing special there. I'd say the shy news is important. The Jalen Williams news is important as well. These are like two players that have uh, been playing a lot. So I definitely see where some of this okay value is is coming from looks like Jalen Williams, Aaron Wiggins uh, are like our two biggest value plays of the day. Uh, you know, nothing wrong with like paying up for somebody like Josh Giddy. Uh, you know, looking into like how, how, what, you know, does he play more than 31 minutes? Have they been managing his minutes? Does he play more with shy out? Not sure. Could be a good idea to uh, do some research on that specific topic and see, you know, maybe, Josh Giddy has some minutes upside there that's not being accounted for. So uh, not a lot of news here, but those are the key places I would be trying to look into. Look into some of this OKC stuff, see if he can make some sense out of the chaos there, and um, be a little careful with some of your Nurkic Nerk exposure if they do say he is on a minutes limit. But good, good, uh, good report there. Not a ton to talk about. Going to get Saberson pulled back up. Looks like we have one more question from Patrick. And then we will call it a day there. So Patrick said, 
What are the chances that Sabre will update ownership in the future for NBA after lock, or does that even matter after lock? So answer the second part first. Definitely does matter. If you can accurately um, pull ownership from locked games, and that will help you along with any breaking news to accurately project ownership for the rest of the slate, that is a huge edge and one that I have not seen anybody capturing up to this point. So I will say that it is a project that we want to do. It is a very hard project, but that is something that is like firmly on our roadmap that we want to build in. I think that, you know, from last NBA season, uh, the team said that they wanted to do late swap pools and this NBA season, we have them Um, not saying we'll have it by next NBA season, but I know it is something that is like kind of in like the next phase of like our progression for things we want to do for NBA is figure out a way to update ownership after lock would be a big one for the community and uh, would help help us out, you know, all Sabre users in general. So I think that is something that is more of a when as opposed to an if. But good question there, Patrick. So, all right, everybody, that is all the questions for today. Good luck in all of your contests throughout the day. Uh, you know, we'll be back here tomorrow for our Thursday show after the players' uh, golf tournament starts. So good luck to all of you in season-long I'm sorry, weekend long round one showdown, um, NBA, NHL. If you guys have questions, building lineups throughout the night, throw them in the office hours channel. Let them sit there until tomorrow and we will get to them then. So until then, good luck and take care. Bye.